This episode of the Coaching Cars podcast is brought to you in partnership with the brilliant Soulfully Single, founded by Julie Wilde. Soulfully Single is the supportive, fun and empowering community for sociable singles who want to grow in confidence, reconnect with themselves and others and use their single time to be the next best version of themselves. Soulfully Single aims to ease loneliness through community, connection and personal growth. So if you find yourself recently single or know someone who is, head over to www.soulfullysingle.co.uk to download a free workbook to help you heal and move on after the end of a relationship or join one of the feel-good monthly coffee meetups. And I'm Lisa, and this is The Coaching Cast. We are the no-nonsense podcast, chatting about the things impacting you at work right now, helping you to survive and thrive in today's workplace. We discuss different topics each episode, sharing our ideas, hints, and top tips from our experiences of working in the corporate world, running our own businesses, and also being qualified coaches. We also try to have a few laughs along the way too, because taking yourself too seriously, well, it's just boring. We hope you enjoy this. Today's episode, we are talking about the importance of emotional awareness in the workplace. We explore what it is, why it's an important skill for everyone, and how you can demonstrate emotional awareness when you're at work with the help of our top tips. So, stay with us and enjoy. Right, before we get into this week's episode, Lisa, how have you been? I know, it's been ages. I feel like I haven't seen you for ages. Um, So it's so so good to see you and to be back on the mic after this very long extended break. But yeah, how have I been? I have been dodging the rain and basking in the sun when it happens, just like a lizard. (laughs) I love that. And as a lizard lounges. Yeah, that's exactly how it's been. I came back from Cape Town at the end of June. I missed the heat wave in the UK and it's just rained ever since, apart from that wonderful week we had uh, in September, which was glorious. But yeah, that's that's pretty much summed up my summer. Dodging the rain, basking in the sun like a lizard. Living her best lizard life, yeah, essentially. Pretty much, <laughs> pretty much. So yeah, that's been what I've been, that's what I've been up to. What about yourself? Well, yeah, it's the the weather has really turned now, hasn't it? So like it's very autumnal now. I feel like things are getting cozy. I feel like the pumpkins are coming out. Like you know, it's going to be very like. High-y. I think the pumpkins have been out too yeah. early. I don't understand it. I've never known Halloween to be promoted this early, or maybe it's just <laughs> I've never bothered to notice. I'm not a Halloween <laughs> fan. I find Halloween. I don't like being frightened. We've I talked never about have. this before, I think, on the pod. Yeah, we have. I don't. I don't enjoy yeah. Halloween, but I do love autumn. But I agree. I think we went out on Sunday and I literally was like uh all the trees have turned and I just feel like I missed it but yeah it's weird there we go so yeah autumn has definitely landed um what else has been going on so I've had a good summer been doing a bit of traveling a bit of working a bit of life had my had my wisdom tooth out two weeks ago in, in pure Susie style fashion obviously like health related issue right there but no actually it was fine in in fairness um my dentist shout out to um to guy in nutsford 
that he got it. He actually had my tooth out in less than five minutes from Whoa. like the um, anesthetic. So yeah, fair play to him. He whipped that bad boy out. Um, and then I was just like, oh, is that it? As I got myself all stressed and then it was done. I was like, oh, uh, okay. But anyway, yeah, so that's actually been healing really well. been good. So that happened. Um, and yeah, just trying to live my best life. I've got my crystals in. So I was cracking Lisa up before because... <laughs> Right. So if you don't you might not know this about me, I'm really into like holistic stuff. I love well-being, things like this. It really fascinates me in general. And so I love crystals. Anyway, I put my crystals, I wear my crystals down my bra most days. And I was like, oh, hang on a second, I've forgotten to put my crystals in my bra. So I was like, pop them in down my top. And um, Lisa was like, what are you doing? I was yeah, like, she's like jostling her crystals. And yes, that was an intended euphemism. <laughs> He's literally jostling her crystals in front of the Zoom camera. And I'm like, what are you doing? Uh, how, I mean, you're carrying three of them in there. Yeah, I mean, three. how big are we talking? How big are these crystals? Oh, they're tiny. Don't you? Oh, yeah, right. I see you flipping it. That's a real like, you know, that's a weighty thing to have in the front of your top. You know, you know yeah, no, it's fine. It's fine. Um, it's not going to be some form of hazard, I don't think. <laughs> well, we'll soon find out if a crystal like pops out of my top whilst we're recording. <laughs> when We'll soon know, won't we? Whether you know, how it's worked with that. So well, anyway. The, the incredible energy that you're, you know, exactly. receiving from said crystals exactly. and that they're giving back to you. They just fly out of the top Listen. with serious enthusiasm. I mean, I'm wearing a crystal bracelet. I am as well. Yeah. I mean, this represents, I can't remember. I think I just like the look of it when I saw it on a stand and thought that will go with everything I wear. I mean, to be honest, I think there's something in there about love and friendship. I just thought it was quite nice. So that's why, but I don't think that's quite how it's supposed to work in the world of crystals. I think you're supposed to pick them in terms of relevancy of the energies that you're trying yeah. to manifest. But yeah. I just thought it looked good. So Listen, that's that's the depth of my crystal knowledge. I'm glad that it worked for you. I need all the help I can get. So I'm like, <laughs> crystals down the top, let's go. <laughs> right, on that note, let's get into today's episode. <laughs> Today, we are chatting about the importance of emotional awareness at work, a superpower many of us possess, often underrated in its importance and misunderstood. Mainly, it's a skill set reserved for leaders only. Well, that is wrong. Emotional awareness is your ability to manage both your own emotions and also understand the emotions of people around you so that you can better navigate work situations, communications and relationships. See why this isn't exclusively for those in leadership positions? <laughs> in fact, studies have shown that those with higher emotional awareness tend to be more productive, have better job satisfaction and are less likely to burn out. Why? Because when we are emotionally aware and listen to our emotions, we better understand ourselves. And that is a superpower CBBs. And that is what makes us glow differently. And the crystals. And the crystals help. <laughs> So, Lisa, what is your experience of emotional awareness in the workplace? I love this topic so much. Like, I think I'm so passionate about emotional awareness. And I think because I absolutely agree with how you've described it in that it is a superpower. But I will admit that I don't think it's celebrated enough. And I think academically it's celebrated and I think you can absolutely immerse yourself in a lot of true experts who will celebrate this topic, but it's not celebrated enough in the work. 
place. So I think my experience has always been that I am someone who I think I have always been quite strongly connected to my emotions. I grew up in a household that I believe encouraged openness and encouraged talking about your feelings and embracing them, especially because in my family history, there's a lot of mental health challenges. And I think that's really nurtured that because at the end of the day, you know, how my family members were feeling was exaggerated and troubled and challenged a lot of the time from a health perspective. So I think it's always been an area that I've been really sensitive towards because of that. But I think it absolutely has helped me to strengthen my own. But I think when it came to the workplace, and I still think it's true now, I think emotion, emotional is still used in this like really dirty, like accusatory, quite derogatory fashion. And it absolutely shouldn't be. I, I think we're so guilty of being afraid of emotions and especially in the workplace, because in, you know, you and I have worked in very corporate environments that were a lot um, about being professional and being productive and being effective. And, you know, I, I mean, I've worked into in some quite archaic organisations, I would say. So it was this very restrained environment so that notion of showing any kind of emotion good or bad was kind of frowned upon and it was this idea of I think if if those you're working with are not comfortable themselves with an emotion like emotions they're definitely not going to encourage it from other people and I think it always has this connotation of being out of control which I'm putting in inverted commas because it's which I think is absolute nonsense I don't think showing emotion is showing a lack of control actually I think if you're really in tune with your emotions you show emotion with intent and purpose that's not being out of control that's the opposite and that is when it's a superpower but I do think often it is critiqued it's not celebrated enough. And I think actually, I went on a very personal journey with that all through my career um, until I discovered coaching, I got coaching, I trained as a coach and then really started to embrace it and be like, there's absolutely nothing wrong with being someone who's in tune with their emotion and who's using their emotions with purpose. But like when you manage people, it, it's so important to be empathetic and be able to tune into how other people feel yeah definitely definitely and I think in terms of just building relationships like you say they're generally in the workplace regardless of whether you manage people or not like having some form of a radar around yes. actually how's this person feeling today I'm like picking up that maybe this person might be holding themselves differently like their body language might be different they you know may they may not be as bright and breezy as they normally are or they might be cracking a joke like they normally do at this point or whatever it is the fact you you'll even recognizing there's a difference there that's yeah. what we're talking about here that's having some emotional awareness yeah and I think also being aware of how you're feeling because yeah, absolutely you know you're not immune to having a bad day being angry being sad being you know whatever it is and I think going into the workplace knowing where you're at is so important because if you're not in a good space and that is allowed by the way it gives you the opportunity to think well how am I going to do things differently today to help myself and actually 
that awareness is also about helping others to help you. So I think, you know, the leaders that I used to work with, including myself, who weren't having a great time, who were able to come in and go, look, do you know what? I'm not having a great day today. Like this has happened or I'm not feeling that great. Just so you're aware of it. And you're like, okay, great. Thanks for letting me know. You know, yeah. it's it's that kind of recognizing the importance of having dialogue about yeah. how you are, because, you know, going into work, you have to always appreciate that, like you work closely with people day in, day out, the way you're feeling at any particular time is going to rub off onto other people. Like they will know, they will notice and they will feel it. Now they might not understand why they're feeling it if you don't help them, but then that's when it can be dangerous because if you're having a bad time and you go into work, but you're not really enabling people to be aware of that, they'll make all sorts of assumptions. They may even take it on themselves. They may blame themselves. They may think it's about them, you know, and that's not great. That's not a very productive, effective environment to be in so I think it's a lot of the time realizing that and helping others to realize it too and help them through it but I think that's often where we struggle is that we actually struggle to even talk about how we're feeling or feel we're not even allowed or able to in the workplace and obviously that's got a lot to do with how the workplace itself is cultivating a culture of trust and openness in the first place yeah for sure no I think that recognition bit is an interesting one because I think I actually go back outside of my working career, like so far, I go back to when I was at school and uh, like, we didn't ever get taught how to, about emotions ever. Like I'm just thinking back now, was I ever taught about that? Like, no, I know now that that's not the case. Like things have progressed, which is brilliant. And I think we'll continue to progress in this area. Like, so my son now, they get taught already and he's three about recognizing their feelings and so he'll say to me um like oh I feel happy or I feel sad or I feel worried or whatever it might be um because they've started um both in education and also at home as well so I do this because I say like how how are you feeling today and he'll say like happy or whatever um or annoyed because you've not given me a snack probably (laughs) um (laughs) But that first step around recognition, which is my point, <laughs> is is really, really important. And actually, like if you're not taught that skill set from an early on age, which I think it in certainly in, in our kind of age um generation, like we weren't, and I mm-hmm. think that's probably the same for those who are slightly older than us as well. Like it's quite hard to then suddenly be like, learn all of that from a point in life, especially when you get in in the working world. I think if you're not naturally emotionally aware or tuned into how you're feeling actually being able to recognize how you're feeling and then articulate it to somebody if they ask you or if you feel comfortable enough to share Mm. is quite challenging and um yeah it's it's a really interesting because I've worked I'm just reflecting now in the moment like I've worked with people who are both really emotionally aware maybe too much actually so they will really wear their heart on the sleeve and really like talk about what's going on for them to the point where like they can't focus on anything else so I've worked with people who are like that I've worked with probably people in the middle who are like really aware of where they're at how they're feeling that particular day why that might be and they can articulate it but they can still but they can focus and they can keep you know moving forward on that particular day and then I've worked with the other extreme as well 
uh, especially when I, I have to say this is like a bit of a stereotype, but it was true in my experience in sales, where actually a lot of the people I worked with, mainly colleagues actually, didn't have great emotional awareness. They were mm. just very much focused in on the delivery side of things. It wasn't how you got there or how you felt during that. It was just that end result that yeah. was the focus. So I've worked with people kind of in the extremes of that. I would put myself probably somewhere in the middle personally. Um, I think I absolutely have bad days for sure. <laughs> um, and I think those bad days are harder now I work for myself, actually, because I don't have someone often to, you know, talk to about mm-hmm. how I'm feeling or where I'm at and to kind of help me move forward. And I think that is a struggle that many people who work for themselves in the like, because that's their workplace. You are your own workplace. Yeah. So, you know, that can be quite consuming and challenging. Um. So, yeah, it's a really, really interesting one. And do you, so do you think there are any kind of like traits of somebody who's got high emotional awareness so it's interesting because your description of someone with high emotional awareness I don't necessarily agree with oh so so where you're saying someone who like is you know wears their heart on their sleeve and and that whole description of like where they are you know comfortable in showing their emotion and and, but potentially staying there that, that for me is I think that's when you become emotionally sensitive and even emotionally I would say stuck because I think being emotionally aware is recognizing when you're in a place such as that and then recognizing what to do to help yourself move forwards more productively. So I think if you're someone who feels acutely, it's about ensuring that you know how to support yourself to still, well, even be aware of that and then have the strategies to be able to get the balance back um because I think if you're someone who then stays in that space you lose the awareness of how that's impacting everybody else as yeah. well as yourself because it's yeah it, it's about knowing when it's productive when it's being helpful and then using that information so like Dr Susan David one of my favorite people ever talks a lot about emotional agility she's got a book for the same name I'll, we'll put it in the show notes because it is absolutely brilliant she says that emotions are data and that it's information that we can use to help us to better understand situations, what's going on for us and how we would like to behave, what we'd like to do. And she always talks about the fact that it's not about good or bad because we we oversimplify emotions and we label them as either positive or negative. And we are very guilty of that in the workplace. So what we have an over tendency to do, I think, is to celebrate only the positive emotions and ignore the negatives because we find negative too too difficult. It's too uncomfortable. And so many of us don't know how to just sit with emotions. And that includes emotions of others. So often, I think, in the workplace, we spend so much time trying to make sure that no one is in the negative. Everyone's happy that no one's no one's allowed to be angry. No one's allowed to be frustrated. You know, you've seen that typical thing. I talk about this a lot you know, when it comes to talking about people's performance, um, too often as managers, we go, well, they did have that episode where they behaved a bit inappropriately because they showed a bit of anger or they, they, you could clearly see they were frustrated and it just wasn't right in that moment. Like we belittle how people feel when actually that person had every justifiable reason to feel that way at the time. It's possibly more about how we supported them to move on from it, Um, but it's not something to then hold against them, which I've seen too often. I think, you know, Dr. Susan David says workplaces that are, are 
too guilty of just saying, well, that was bad and that was good. And we only like the good when actually sometimes the negative feelings as you know, to oversimplify the labeling again, are actually telling us important things that we need to address. Um, it's not about ignoring them or shying away from them. So I think when it comes to like, what are the traits of high emotional awareness? I think it is having that ability to embrace the emotion of any kind and to, as I said, kind of sit with them and help others to sit with them and use them as data. So like, yeah. if you've got someone in your team, you know, those, those managers who I've seen, who I personally feel have got traits of this are those who are, they have the confidence to go, I want to explore that a bit more. I want to understand what's going on. And I want to hold a space to enable that person to be able to do that. So actually, now, like you pointed out, that could be something that's really directive because that person is saying, this is how I feel right now. Or they've got the awareness, as we're talking about, to go, something's not right there for that person and I need to help them to explore it. And to, and to, you know, to work it through because I can sense something's not right, but I don't know what it is yet. But, you know, and that is that heightenedness of being consciously aware of all your people and noticing the subtle changes, like you pointed out, noticing the body language, maybe noticing the quietness, maybe noticing the loudness, noticing, you know, noticing that something is not, is something That's new. It. Yeah, there's a, there's a change yes. there. But I think it's the skill of, being able to support it to be communicated that's such a high I think trait of being high like emotionally aware is having that ability to say let's talk this out let's talk it through and helping people to talk about it who potentially aren't able to do that themselves yeah. um I think as well just to build off that like because we're talking here also about that this isn't a skill that's just reserved for leaders like we said in the intro like this is so you might be like, well, I don't manage people. So I don't, might not have the opportunity to like facilitate these conversations. Well, actually you don't have to manage people. This can be for anyone. Like, yeah. even just you know, a colleague, someone you work with, a supplier, potentially, like you've got a good relationship with anyone and outside of work as yeah. well, like friends, family. Um, But also it can be to bring another like dimension into it, how you then like deal with this situation for yourself so what I mean by that is sometimes when um there can be emotion involved people can tend to react rather than respond yeah so for example if you're talking to somebody and they are suddenly like I don't know and I am <laughs> we just said we didn't want to simplify emotions I am about to simplify <laughs> to make for the context of this conversation <laughs> we will that's fine <laughs> don't hold it against me guys don't hold it against me um so you know someone's about to, someone's kicking off at you or you're you know they're talking to you re- in, in a slightly like assertive passive aggressive way there's a real tone there's a real edge to what they're saying your you know initial um kind of reaction might be to react and be like actually I'm going to talk back to them in that way I'm going to match their style I'm going to match that impact that's winding me up I'm going to react and when you react and you may potentially say something you regret there, you may not hold yourself like hold yourself in the best possible way. When you react, you give away your power. Mm. Okay. And, and that is an, an emotional awareness comes into that as a reaction, as a transaction as well. When you respond, you don't give away your power because you kind of go, okay, 
okay like you're very neutral in your response like okay that's interesting okay like keep going you're not saying like you're wrong you know you're this you're that I don't agree with that you don't agree with this etc you're holding your power yourself because you're not feeding it you're not reacting in that Mm. moment and sometimes that's needed in some situations it may not be (laughs) reacting might actually be the best response but the point of what I'm trying to say here is that sometimes by holding it back in yourself and reacting rather than um, sorry responding rather than reacting and that needs an emotional awareness in order to do that for yourself because you're thinking I'm feeling this I don't agree this is winding me up this is making me angry this is making me um uncertain this is knocking my confidence but I'm not gonna necessarily um show that to this person and I'm going to give that power away I'm going to respond Mm -hmm. and that is what we're talking about as well is that emotional awareness yeah absolutely so I've got a really personal example of this that happened two weeks ago just as you were talking about it it reminded me of it I was talking to my husband on the phone a couple of weeks ago and we were talking about a topic in relation to our dog so this is (laughs) not trying to oversimplify the topic but I just think this is so relevant we were talking about my dog now my dog's had an operation recently yeah unfortunately it timed with um me going away back home to Kent to spend the week with friends and family and actually because I was dog sitting for other people the irony my husband had to look after our dog on his own post-operation and it was a big spinal op so we're not talking about anything small and we were catching up on the phone just before I was due to come back home. And I had admitted that I'd booked some work in for the day that his uh, first vet's appointment was due. And my husband was really angry with me about it because his view was that I shouldn't have booked the work in knowing that I would potentially have to take the dog to the vet and that I shouldn't have assumed that he was just going to do it because he'd been looking looking after the dog for the whole week now the way he initially started speaking to me this was late at night by the way so your energy levels contribute to your emotional awareness and your ability to respond or react and when you're tired or you're depleted in any way yeah that, that notion to react is strong so you have to manage it even harder now he started to get very angry towards me and I felt immediately defensive and slightly incredulous because in my view I was like well I've got work like this is it's my job. I'm self-employed. I can't uh, turn down work. Anyway, my initial reaction uh, was to hang up the phone. Now, <clears throat> the instinct was strong. I wanted to do it so badly. Now, that this is a trait of mine, I will admit. If I don't like what's happening, it actually is only relation to my husband, interestingly. I am the person that will walk out of a room, slam the door, or I'll hang up the phone because I just want to escape the moment. I want to get out of it. Interesting. Now, I did not do that. In this moment, I was I recognized that hanging up would be a terrible thing to do, that it would wind him up even further. And that actually he deserved to be listened to, that he had a fair point, that he clearly was angry and he was upset and he was frustrated. He was frustrated because having to look after the dog on his own for a week. Now I could recognize that. So I held off. I decided to sit with it and let him say what he wanted to say and that we would talk it through. It meant we didn't fall out <laughs> um, and that we both went to bed without an, you know, settling on an argument. I do think you shouldn't sleep on an argument. I can't do that anyway, it makes me feel crap. 
But in that moment, as I said, the urge to press the red button on my iPhone and just hang up was so powerful <laughs> and I resisted it. But that is the difference between uh, reacting and responding. The reaction was I'm really angry myself and I feel like I need to protect myself. I need to defend. So I'm just going to yeah. escape. But the response was that's not the right thing to do. Allow him to be angry. Let him say what he needs to say. Let him share his views. Let's listen to them. And then let's respond after that. So that is my example. And it, it's true in the workplace, I might add. Um, now, obviously, in a workplace, you're not necessarily dealing with as close relationships, but the situation, the scenario can be just as stressful, as pressured, as challenging as a personal yeah. one. But that is my personal example. If my husband listens to this, he'll yeah. be like, because <laughs> um, we actually haven't spoken about it um, because we didn't need to. I, I think this is the other thing with this. You know, if you can manage a situation in the moment, it doesn't linger. I think sometimes if we're too quick to react and not respond, not only are we necessarily being out of control in that moment, but we create other problematic situations because we have to clear up the mess that we create. Yeah, it takes more time. Yeah, yeah. And it you know, continues on. So, yes, there we go. A real life example. The dogs love it. Better, thanks. Um, well, I'm glad that Alfie is getting better. <laughs> and I like that real life recent example. So, I mean, that's a real great story around like the benefits of being emotionally aware and thinking about responding, overreacting. Do you think there are any downsides to trying to cultivate your emotional awareness at work? I mean, I'd probably always say no. I just think it is such an incredible skill to have and for your own well-being if I'm being truly selfish beyond others like yeah knowing this you know knowing in yourself being in tune with your feelings recognizing what they're telling you the connection you can build with yourself which is just I mean that has so many benefits to it I think I think the only thing is always like a lot of like all strengths actually it's always about balance like all of our strengths can move into challenges if we don't keep them in check so I think with emotional awareness it kind of plays into what you were describing of your experience of the extremes of those you've spent time with where they are as I you know my interpretation is being maybe emotionally oversensitive and where if you become too consumed by how you feel, you don't recognize how that is actually holding you back or even impacting other people. Yeah. And you lose the awareness. You stay in the emotional, but you lo you've lost the awareness. So I think it's always about recognizing the balance. And I think being true to yourself. So like being emotionally aware isn't about being emotionally selfless. Like that's not what we're talking about. It's not being like so attuned to other people that you forget yourself. And I have to admit, as someone who believes that they are emotionally aware, I think sometimes I can become so emotionally sensitive to how other people feel that I discount my own feelings. Yeah. So I was about to bring this point up because I think I have, well, I can still do this. I've tried really hard to work on this for myself, actually. Mm. Um, and I think that's just come through like confidence. But I think in when I was in the corporate world, this definitely held me back at times because I was a bit more emotionally aware 
the some of the people that I worked in direct contact with mm. to the point where I wouldn't necessarily articulate my thoughts or my views or how I felt about something fully truthfully what I mean by that is not that I I didn't lie but I held back I kind of dialed it down Mm. so actually so if it was something I felt really passionate about I would maybe not necessarily like um give that or like open up about how passionately I felt about something because I was really aware that the person I was talking to for example might not like it yeah like hearing that and so I was aware of their emotions how they may respond how they may react how that might make them feel but it at the same time, I was then dialing down actually my true emotions in that mm. situation and how I felt. Now, that's something that I've become a lot better at doing in terms of being a bit more direct and a bit more forceful and sometimes in the way that like I, what I think and feel and might want to like add to a situation. But I still have moments where I don't. Mm. And I think that's also linked to my personality as well and I know we're going to do a future episode on personalities um so hold this watch this space (laughs) um so yeah I think in that situation in my experience that trait of being emotionally aware did hold me back yeah and and I can relate to that I know in when the first question you asked me about experiencing it in the workplace you know I know when I've consciously demonstrated my feelings and shared them with the intent or just generally with intent knowing full well what I'm doing and why I'm doing it and doing it even towards people who I know can't and I know I've done that at times to make a point to them but I've only done that when I feel comfortable and able to and when I feel confident to do that but there's been plenty of times and I would probably say more so in my personal life actually where I've diminished my emotions to protect other people and then it's not made me feel that great over time um because that's interesting because I'm the other way around I think yeah no I do I think I do struggle more with it with people I know people who I'm very close to I find that a lot harder Mm. whereas people who I'm not as such or where I've got very different relationship like a working relationship I don't have the same I don't have the same challenge I mean there's definitely people where I felt do you know what I'm going to be judged by my emotions in this situation so therefore I'm probably going to hold back because I don't want to give them that ability to judge me. Yeah. So I will change how I'm going to behave. Possibly in some ways, not being true to myself as a result, but at least I'm my point here always, and this comes back to that awareness, I'm doing it consciously. Like, yeah, I know when to do it and when it's going to serve me positively. And that can sometimes be, a defense mechanism and a protection one so I'm like well I'm not going to give you the ability to judge me in this moment just because you can't cope with a more emotionally driven response so I'm just not going to give you one um but I can do I, mm. I don't know I feel much more comfortable in a work context to do that personally no personally I think I've often dampened like so I know there are times when I've been angry and I've just swallowed it because I just don't feel that that other person can handle it in my personal life and that that, that no good will come of it. Mm. So I'm just not prepared to go there. Now, unfortunately, if that happens repeatedly, it just makes me feel crap. 
because ultimately I'm not really sharing how I feel, not honestly. Well, yeah, you're not being true to yourself, no, are you? And no. it's like with anything, if you're not true to yourself over time or numerous occurrences, yeah, you know, it manifests in ourselves and then yeah, it becomes quite. harder. You know, you yeah. can't hide that as much. No. So that is that's more my challenge area. That's definitely okay. more my challenge Okay. So then if you're a CBB, you're listening to this now and you're thinking, right, I get this. I get this, Lisa and Susie. Well, I hope you get it. (laughs) They'll be like, what the hell are these two waffling on about? (laughs) Um, (laughs) Fingers crossed. (laughs) Um, So, but how do I do it? How do I do this? So, Lisa, what are your top tips around um, building emotional awareness for yourself? I think to start with, and I talk about this in a lot of contexts, but especially with emotions, is get comfortable with your own. Because I think when you start recognizing the way you feel about things and that you're able to articulate what those feelings are you start building an awareness that starts with you and will then naturally start emulating to others because I think when you recognize the your own um emotions and what they're telling you you start to create an awareness in yourself that heightens your awareness of other people yeah so I think that's where you have to start so you know and for some of us who potentially not practiced this very much it's going to feel really bloody uncomfortable and I think it's about getting comfortable with the discomfort because it's going to feel really unnatural if you're someone who is is not comfortable feeling especially more of those traditionally let's call them negative and inverted commas like sadness anger frustration disappointment if you're not comfortable with any of those it's going to be really hard to start with and I would say do your best to stick with it because it's telling you stuff that's really important. Um, it's something I say to my coaching clients all the time before we start working together. I often say, look, you may find our sessions uncomfortable and I would encourage you to stay with the discomfort. So if things come up during the session and you you don't like it, before saying to me, can we change that? Can we, you ask me something different? Can we try something else? I always say stay with the feeling and see what it's telling you because it's usually telling you something that's really important. Yeah, absolutely. That's definitely my first tip. Okay. My my top of this, top of this, top of this tip, tip, top, top, tip. Well, I love that because that's what I had as my first one, which was pay attention to how you're feeling and why. I mean, we've not even aligned our prep. No, we haven't chatted about this. That's my first one. So love it. Okay. Anything else? I think... I think there's this there's this piece here about recognize how you feel, acknowledge it, and accept it. Now, look, I am a work in progress in this. This is not, you know, I'm not saying I'm very good at this part, as I was just describing. But I think it's about realizing that this is what makes us human. Like yeah. our the myriad of emotions we feel and experience is what is the humanness in us um and I think it's recognizing your emotions acknowledging them and going that's what that is and just being accepting of it and not trying to fix it change it berate it I'm not very good at this I'm not gonna lie I'm not very good at this I know in myself that I don't feel comfortable being angry um if I feel angry I very quickly criticize myself for feeling angry because I just don't like it it's not a feeling I'm very comfortable with um I actually think it's a very 
with a female driven trait. I don't think as females, we're, we're very good at feeling comfortable with anger because we've been told we're not allowed to be angry. And because historically women, I mean, let's be frank, women were sectioned for showing any kind of emotion of any kind. So as a, as a gender, we've never been supported to, to feel. Um, so anger is definitely a feeling I'm not very good at accepting. I will criticize myself for those types of things. So I think trying to get into a space where you just accept that that's how you feel and see what you're being told in that moment, but just not beating yourself up about it. Okay. Fab. Love what, it. Would you, what would you add to the, the top tips? Um, so I've got um, actually listen. <laughs> yeah. That's like, I know that's, that applies to a lot of different topics that we talk about but I, I, just, I think it's a reoccurring theme but that's because it's, it's a reoccurring it's, theme it's because it's so important <laughs> yeah so I think actually like listen you know we all love the opportunity to dive in and talk about how we think and we feel and our experiences of course but actually holding the space for somebody to just kind of talk about perhaps how they're feeling to maybe get them to be able to recognize how they're feeling in the moment because they might not mm -hmm. actually know but by just talking it through and having that space just to do yeah. that they may suddenly then come to that conclusion and recognition around how they're feeling what they're feeling sorry and why as well yeah so I think don't underestimate the importance of actually just listening in these particular situations. So that's yeah. my my kind of um, top tip there. And then I think the final thing for me is just about, you know, asking yourself here, am I responding or am I reacting to this? Yeah. <laughs> you know, ideally, probably 90% of the time we need to be responding rather than reacting. There may be some situations where that's not appropriate or actually that's not what, what's needed. And we may need that 10% of reaction, whatever that looks like for you. Um, and also we're not perfect. Yeah? yeah, we're human, we're natural. Emotions are impulsive a lot of the time. So, you know, we're not asking you to be robots here and be like, I need to, you know, handle my emotions and not, and not react you know, let's be real about it. But I think just being, having a conscious awareness of actually what am I doing now in this moment? Am I responding? Am I reacting? Yeah. And then doing whatever is natural and feels good for you, I think is then the next step. All right. So we'll collate those top tips and we will uh, go through them towards the end of the episode. It is back, people. We have our bullshit bingo feature which is by far the most popular part of the coaching cast and I think the only reason that anyone even listens to the show so this is as many of you will remember especially especially if you're a loyal CBB this is where we call out common phrases that get used in the workplace that make Susie and I cringe but also laugh loudly um, and entertain us hugely so for today we have a corker and actually this this is one that was given to us by our fabulous new uh, podcast producer, Gary Jones, who we yes. are delighted to be working with for this episode and future episodes. Yeah. So shout out to Gary. Gary has, I don't know, may, he might regret this, agreed <laughs> to come and work with Lisa and I. He's going to be our producer. So he'll be popping up now and again in our little episodes as well. And Gary gave us this uh, bullshit bingo, didn't he? And yeah. It is an absolute corker. I can't believe we've not had this one. I can't believe we haven't had this one either. It's absolutely brilliant. So it is, without further ado, put a pin in it. Oh, brilliant. Put a pin in it. It's so good. It's such a classic. Put a pin in it.
I love it. It's so brilliant. I don't really think there's much to say on this because it's just so good. I don't know if I've ever used it personally, actually put a pin in it, but I've definitely heard it. And this one doesn't even annoy me. I mean, usually the corporate uh, bullshit (laughs) that we share, the phrases that we we offer are ones that have really like, yeah, grated on me or got under my skin somehow. Wound us up. Wound us up. But put a pin in it. Nah, it's a good one, this. Put a pin in it. I love it. So thank you so much, Gary, for giving us this gem to start off our only working relationship together on the coaching cast. Um, <laughs> we're thrilled to have you here for this. It's got brilliant... off to a strong start, I'd yeah. say. Yeah. Brilliant contribution. Bingo. Yeah, brilliant contribution to the content. You can stay. So yeah. <laughs> so obviously, if you have any great bullshit phrases that you want to share with Susie and I for us to feature on future episodes of the coaching cast please please do send them through to us uh you can send them through by email to hello at the coachingcast.co.uk or you can send them to us via social media so you can visit our Instagram page which is at the coaching cast or you can find Susie and I on LinkedIn and message us there we have a wonderful LinkedIn community who tend to send Susie and I messages directly and offering us some wonderful phrases so you can also find us on LinkedIn we are coming to the end of today's episode where we've been discussing the importance of emotional awareness in the workplace our top tips and recommendations from today's episode are number one get comfortable with your emotions emotions equal data number two recognize acknowledge and accept emotions number three listen the power of listening when emotions are involved cannot be underestimated so listen to yourself listen to others have that curiosity because actually it might help somebody else recognize how they're feeling right now and number four try as much as you can to respond rather than react okay respond rather than react they are our top tips from today's episode we've also got some self-coaching questions that you can ask yourself so number one on a scale of one to ten where would you rate your own emotional awareness and why number two how could you enhance your emotional awareness at work and move yourself up the scale and number three what are you going to do differently moving forward around your emotional awareness don't worry because if you're out walking the dog you're listening to this you're like i can't remember all of these great top tips and self-coaching questions well don't worry uh all of these will be on our instagram page at the coaching cast this week following the episode being released so make sure you tune in to our instagram page also if you've enjoyed this episode check out our episode on emotional intelligence in leadership so that is episode seven in season one and you can find it wherever you listen to your podcasts we know you're really busy but it would mean the world to us if you could rate review and subscribe to the coaching cast wherever you listen it helps the podcast more than you'll ever know and it means you don't also have to worry about remembering to download the new episodes either We also like to end each episode of The Coaching Cast with our personal song recommendation, giving you energy and motivation as you launch into the next part of your working day. It's my choice this week, and I have chosen actually a bit of a summer anthem. I know we're now into autumn, but I'm just (laughs) going to hold on to it for one more like 
glimpse of the summer shores of um yeah blue skies and sunshine as we kind of head in to that autumnal phase and i've chosen desire by calvin harris and sam smith also lisa's mate calvin harris now that is a story for another podcast <laughs> episode for sure oh my god if any if i have to see any more footage of calvin harris at the Shwire in Ibiza I'm going to cry I just wish I'd been there this summer <laughs> and me and, and kudos me. to any CBB that was there I also want to send out a massive congratulations to Calvin and Vicky Hope uh, I hope you had a wonderful wedding together I believe the invitation got lost in the post but I will forgive you both for that <laughs> Right, well, we need to hear more of that story next month on uh, on the, our episode. So see you next month, CBBs. And remember, you've got this.